Hi again, folks, and welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajimam, again. Great to have you with us today. Glad you could tune in. And if you're here in Japan, we hope you've been enjoying these gorgeous cherry blossoms, the sakura, that have just started sprouting all over the country. We really should start calling this podcast Japan Real Estate, since we're not focused only on Japan real estate property investment. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback from you following our last episode, which was a very interesting interview with Tom Legg from the Osaka House Project blog, who is now in the process of building his first home in Japan and is documenting his journey as it progresses. Fascinating stuff that a lot of people are generally wondering about. Highly recommend you go back and listen if you haven't yet. We've also received quite a few questions regarding the potential for building a small unit block on these land parcels that are readily available all around the country. And while we haven't actually assisted any of our clients in doing that just yet, we have definitely assisted some of them in buying such a block and generating attractive rental returns from it. So for today's episode, we will go back to the topic of investment, and we thought it'd be nice to do another deal analysis episode and maybe review one of those deals, so a small unit block, just to give you a rough idea of what you can expect from these types of projects as far as returns and expenses go and so forth. Now, before we get right into it, just a quick reminder, we'd like to do more of those Q&A sessions that we've started doing a few weeks ago. So please, if you haven't done so already, feel free to record a short audio or video question or a series of questions which you'd like us to answer here on the podcast. Mail them to us at info at nippontradings.com. That's N-I-P-P-O-N tradings with an S, all one word, info at nippontradings.com. And we'll feature you and your question on one of our upcoming episodes. So whatever you're wondering about, there have to be other listeners out there who would love to hear that too. So you'll be doing them yourselves and of course us a huge favor if you're the first ones to ask these questions and have them answered here on the podcast, where all of our listeners can benefit from the answers. Okay, so for today's episode, as mentioned, we're going to be looking at a small unit block that we've facilitated purchase for on behalf of one of our clients recently towards the end of last year. That's 2018. Now, this is a six-unit block, wooden-based structure near Befu Station in Fukuoka City, a city that we've covered many times here in the podcast by now. Just a quick reminder, so Fukuoka is the biggest city in Western Japan, about 1.6 million people, very modern governance and enjoying its position as Japan's startup capital, just because of its younger demographics, the lower cost of living and the government subsidies for startups, the startup visa that has just been extended to one year, incidentally, and just a casual laid back atmosphere that sort of lends itself to that sort of environment. So Befu Station specifically is one subway station down from Roppon-Matsu, which is one of the city's most popular suburbs. Roppon-Matsu is a neighborhood that's recently gone through a major rejuvenation project, which brought prices and rents sharply upwards. And Befu, by virtue of its location, is positioned to be next in line for growth as a result, but is currently still very affordable. So this building, which is only nine years old and has six apartments, as mentioned, 125 cubic meters in total and sitting on a land parcel of 120 square meters. The units are one bedroom apartments constructed with a separate kitchen and a loft bedroom, modern, spacey, full of light, and they tend to be in high demand from young single professionals. Seven minutes walk to the nearest station, Befu subway station, as mentioned, 
And this was purchased for about 46 million yen, so about 416,000 US dollars at today's rates. Purchase costs like legal and registration fees, stamp duty, purchase tax, the Realtors Commission, and our own representation fee come up in total to around 4.5 million yen more, so just under 10%. And monthly running costs, including insurance, management, communal power and water, gardening, and internet, which is another fantastic added bonus for potential tenants, these come up to about 41,000 yen out of the total 261,000 yen in gross rental income. So to put that in dollar terms, returns are about 24,000 US dollars a year net pre-tax at current exchange rates again. And this makes for around 5.2 net pre-tax return per year per annum. And due to the age of the building, it's quite unlikely that annual repairs, renovations would be anything beyond 5% of that total on average. Now, we haven't had any repairs or maintenance or renovation there so far, but this deal is only about four months old, so it's a bit too early to tell. Generally speaking, once the building reaches 10, 15 years of age, this estimate would slowly start creeping upwards. So from an average of, say, 5% towards 10% or so, maybe at the 20-year age mark. But again, this is just a statistical average. So over the course of the structure's entire life cycle, these are the sort of average that you can expect for maintenance, repairs, and renovations uh, of the structure. Now, we've discussed the advantages of buying buildings as opposed to houses or individually owned units in co-owned blocks. But let's just review them again in the context of this particular deal. So the most obvious advantage here is, of course, the land parcel. Owning 120 square meters of land in a central district of a city like Fukuoka that goes up as sharply as Tokyo and Osaka do when the economy here does well, that's a fantastic prospect for potential capital gains down the track. On top of that, the modern construction of the building, the young age, the unit interiors, this all means high demand from good profile tenants. And the fact that the buyer owns the entire structure and the land parcel also gives them flexibility as far as use of the property goes. So they're free to lease out units, not just for the purpose of long-term tenancies, but also for short-term tenancies by the month, or provided they jump through the uh, few extra hoops as far as licensing and zoning goes, even by the day or by the week. So what's called minpaku, or short-term stays here in Japan, that's also possible. The young age of the building, as mentioned, also makes for lower maintenance and repair bills. So we're greatly reducing the unknown expense factor here. And if and when the building does become too expensive to maintain and the yields become less favorable, say 15, 20 years down the track, if the owner hasn't sold it and moved on by then, of course, well, by that point, owning the entire land parcel also means far more freedom to repurpose the structure to subdivide the interior into smaller studio units, or even to completely tear it down. So wooden structures are far cheaper to demolish and remove, and then either rebuild a new unit block or a house, or even a storage facility, a parking lot, etc. So plenty of options to increase the income, reduce the expenses, or both, when the time comes, and if the capital expenditure is possible and reasonable for the owner. Now, the yields are lower than they would be for older builds, but coupled, again, with the age of the building, its location in the city, as well as the city fundamentals themselves, these are all more than acceptable. 
And most importantly, income is very likely to remain reliable and stable for a longer period of time post-purchase when compared with these older blocks. Okay, that's probably it from us for today. Um, this hopefully gives you a better idea of the types of investment that can be had as far as small apartment blocks are concerned. And again, yields can be higher on paper at least for smaller or less ideally located buildings with smaller uh, unit footprints. But as maintenance repairs and vacancies occur over time, those theoretical returns are likely to drop. So a deal like this one is probably, as it stands, an excellent and reliable investment, particularly for anyone entering the market for the first time who may not feel too adventurous just yet and wants to play it safer. This is a perfect deal for that purpose as well. Hope to have you with us next time. And again, send in those audio or video questions for our Q&A sessions on info at nippontradings.com. And please take a moment of your time to rate us on the iTunes store or on Stitcher, if that's where you found us. We're now available there as well. Leave us your thoughts in the comment sections or wherever you might have found this podcast. We are on YouTube, Facebook, anywhere else. And we wish you a great day or night, wherever in the world you might be uh, tuning in from. And as always, happy investing.